Here at the game, I can always be heard saying please when asking for something. No, duh. When giving something, we will always say thank you. Likewise, when someone says thank you, here on the game, we will say you're welcome. That's not true. Here on the game, to politely interrupt, we will say excuse me. I know. We can always be heard saying yes, sir, no, sir, or yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. No. To our parents, instructors, coaches, advisors, managers, trainers, etc. Phrases phrases such as good morning, be safe, how are you, and have a great day are all part of who we are. What what is this? The list of the things we learned in kindergarten? (laughs) 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 Yes. Somewhere around here, we have a daycare, and <laughs> we posted that. Yes. Now that's uh, jokes were made a couple of days ago because this is this was known years ago that uh, that Matt Campbell had this cyclone code of conduct sign at the facility, oh. the football facilities, and at the bottom, after all I just talked about, all I just said, at the bottom it says, "I am the respectful cyclone." <laughs> like if it couldn't get any cheesier, like. <laughs> You're teaching your football players what they should have known when they were six. All right, everyone. We've got a uh, storm cell headed in the area, but don't worry about it. Don't worry. It's a respectful it's a cyclone. Respectful cyclone. <laughs> so it will sidestep any properties <laughs> and only knock down trees that will land in fields. I, I, I'm, it will I'm not just, hit that bridge. It will not hit a bridge. I'm just thinking of their rush end who was named AP All-American yesterday. Does that mean that after he's done smashing you, he stands above you and says, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm just competing. He actually says, excuse me, on his way to the quarterback. (laughs) Squeeze me? And then he gets up and says, thank you. Yeah. Thank you for allowing me. Or you're welcome. Oh, boy. (laughs) Or good morning. Good morning. Or have a great day. (laughs) It's hour two of the game, the game after work. Is that a real thing? I, I've never heard this before. I swear to God, I've never heard of this before. Yeah, just if, if you just get on uh, Twitter, just oh. search Iowa State Code of Conduct. Like wow. somebody tweeted out a picture of it a couple of days ago, but I remember seeing it Dude, like five years ago. That's crazy talk. Oh, my God. Okay, good. Uh, let's see. Where are we? Oh, yes. Um, congratulations to the voice of the Wildcats, Wyatt Thompson. Dave Lewis stopped by. Earlier today, I, I think his office is in the uh, Shamrock. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, stopped by to say, "Hey, uh, you're going into the Hall of Fame this year for the KEB, and Kansas like, Association of Broadcasters." Wait, what? Hall of Famer stopping by to announce the next Hall of Famer. I love it, man. That's awesome and well deserved. I mean, well deserved. We are lucky, K State fans. Um, if we can't catch it on TV, why Vision? It's always there. Well, and when you look at the announcers that we have had over the years. Oh, my God. What an amazing list. And, and Wyatt has been one of the longest serving and has been stellar throughout. Well, how many times has he won Kansas Broadcaster of the Year? It's not, that's not a KB award, but... No, that's the, the um, yeah, the uh, national media, sports media, and yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, that. And, you know, like, let's be perfectly honest, and, and knowing this from having been in northern Colorado just before he came back to Kansas. He was highly respected at Colorado State. He was part of the Broncos pre-gaming programming. He was oh, uh, he was he was loved there as well 
for what he was doing with that program. And the only thing that got in the way of that was that he had the opportunity to return to the place that he loved, and it's played out beautifully for him. It's awesome. And he is... Popped in here a few different times, man, and broadcasting to record some stuff. And he could not be more of a down-to-earth, like, super cool guy. Shout out to him. He's always been super nice to me, and I'm just some guy. One one of the greats in the business in in that aspect as well. Yeah, he's super cool. Mitch, you don't like him, though. That's what I've... I've, He he likes to big league me, so... Yeah, I know, no. And he was... It was odd when he was in here recording... He was taking some shots at you. And I was like, hey, that's, you know, Mitch is a good guy. And he goes, well. When we're off air, he does not like if I in any way call myself the voice of the Wildcats. Because there there used to be a public address announcer that called himself the voice of the Wildcats. I was like, well, I get that title now, right? And he took off his belt and... And threatened me. Yeah, he did the, <laughs> the snap That's, thing. Yeah, <laughs> he did the belt snap. Yeah, he was in here really uh, giving you the business. And I don't know if there's some. Ba- Hopefully, we can get him in here to talk about that. Yeah, uh, Monday. Okay, he's going to come in Monday. We're going to uh, air our grievances. Let's try to bury the hatchet, bury the belt. <laughs> Oh, That's good. Boy. Yeah. Yeah. Wildcat Insider yeah, returns that on Monday. <laughs> Awkward. That is one way to say Wildcat Insider is coming back Monday with myself and Wyatt. That, that that may be as unexpected a WWE slash AEW promo yeah. as I've ever heard. Oh, boy. <laughs> I also want to, since we're bringing it up, I also want to promo uh, Powercat Game Day making its return on September 3rd at 2 o'clock. As we, uh, the cats, ta- I should say the cats, when I say we, the cats taking on uh, South Dakota, Bill Snyder Family Stadium for a six o'clock kickoff. Powercat game day starts four hours prior. Two hour program. I'm sure you heard it a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Uh, you may have heard back in October, John Kurtz was kicked out of town. He was <laughs> exiled. And so it's a little tough. These, I mean, we know his like Zoom equipment isn't the best, Ooh. so we decided just to go a different route with the host. So I'm taking over the hosting, right on, along with uh, Cole Manback and Derek Young. Mm-hmm. That's so, awesome. That's yeah. a great lineup there. It's a good roster. All right, let's get to Coach Kleiman. Uh, one thing that stood out about his press conference today, he did say Khalid Duke will start practicing this week. He'll get a couple of practices in, and then he is going to play that Saturday against South Dakota. So him and uh, – well, Andrew Leingang was also another one that he had been seen uh, sitting out of practice. Uh, he is going to be – he should be good to go for 12 days from now, the home opener. So other than that, I mean, injury-wise, it doesn't sound like there's really anything. Yeah. I, I We haven't heard anything in particular. Uh, guys just maybe precautionary things like Deuce Vaughn. Uh, sitting out a lot of reps, giving some other young, younger guys some reps because you know what you're going to get with Deuce. You know, uh, he knows the playbook. Yeah. He knows the wrinkles. He, yeah. Basically treated as an NFL preseason game. Yeah. Two drives and he, he Deuce goes, is done. He goes, Coach, I got it. You give me the rock and I score, right? That's the play. That's the play. <laughs> I take it that is this. Yeah, if he was an NFL pre in the preseason, he he wouldn't sit out that first game. He's he's going to be yeah. there for a possession, and then the next game play a couple of possessions, and then the dress rehearsal week three, yes. play the first half or something. Right. You know? Deuce Vaughn, he, he's not going to sit out the first game. He's not some too – he is a big shot, but he's not like a cocky big shot. He's not full of himself like that. But, uh, Great way to put it. The depth – 
the depth deeper than it has been over the last few years. The amount of guys that we feel can contribute is more this year than it's been in the last couple of years. We went through a, a depth chart on special teams in here yesterday, and we have three and four deep at some spots that uh, we're going to be able to play some young guys to find out if they're ready for offense and defense by what they do on teams. I'd say we're getting closer to who are those 16 to 18 guys that are going to take the lion's share of the reps, but position battles, we're going to split time at a lot of spots. We talked about Adrian Martinez at quarterback. If he can overcome the past mistakes he has made and play some mostly clean football this year, how good K-State can be, is he overcoming mistakes? He's having to go against the first-team defense, and has he made mistakes? You bet. He's owned the mistakes. He's learning from the mistakes. It's going to take some some game reps as well as him getting more comfortable with how Coach Klein calls it. I see him playing so fast and so much faster from practice one to practice four to practice eight to practice now 14, 15 where we're at that he's getting more and more comfortable and he has all the talent in the world and uh, um, we're excited to, to cut him loose and he's going to make plays. I know that. Now running back, we mentioned Deuce Vaughn, but behind him continued competition and I thought there was a little bit of surprise here it's been great because we've been able to shelve Deuce an awful lot during fall camp. DJ Giddens has made that next step for us in practice. Now we need DJ to make that next step in games. I think he's more comfortable, more confident. We believe in him. He's going to take a good chunk of reps because we, we need to find out. And, and DJ's ready for this, and he's prepared himself. And so that's the one that I would say um, right now would get the most reps behind Deuce. I thought that was significant. He's getting he's getting the most reps behind Deuce. I don't think that necessarily says he's he's second string running back. Um, Anthony Frias has already played a couple of years of football, and uh, he has experience. I mean, you, you can't. It's hard to beat experience. But what that did tell me is was the question I was going to ask early, and I probably really should have, but I'll, I'll definitely ask next week. Is DJ Giddens going to play? We didn't see him last year. Is he going to play? I think that, I think it kind of summed it up. He is going to play this year. We ex- extremely good chance he'll play September third against South Dakota. Uh, maybe a carry here and there. I doubt the there's going to be any sort of heavy rotation. Certainly, I mean Deuce Vaughn is going to get the majority of the carries, and then depending who the second string guy is, a, a few carries here and there. It's not going to be anything huge, but of course you want to keep guys fresh. You want to keep Deuce Vaughn fresh and. Fingers crossed we're going to have a blowout September 3rd. We're going to roll in some running backs to see what these guys can do. But Coach is right. I mean, of course, needs reps and games. That's going to tell us the best story. Is he in football shape? How quick is the game coming at him? Is he making the right decisions? But I think there's a good chance we're definitely going to see him September 3rd. You know, and anybody that saw him play in high school that got a chance to, uh, this guy can play. He, he's Junction a, City. He's a football player. Um. And I think it is interesting. It's tough to go and say reps equal depth. You know what I'm saying? Like where you sit on the depth chart. Because I think the coaches like to say, well, let's give him a little more than Frias the next week or next couple practices. Um, it just and, depends how well he plays. Right. And, you know, maybe Anthony took a back seat. Maybe he didn't have a great couple days. Also, there's I think there's about – I think the magic number is nine. I think there's nine carries after Deuce is done where that's where you're going to be splitting them because that's what um, 
the transfer um, guy, I can never remember this kid's name. Uh, the la- last year's backup that transferred away. Oh, Joe, Joe Irvin. Joe Irvin. That's what and Jacardi, right? Right. That's what he had to play with. Was about nine, and you know, it wasn't enough for him. We'll see if they can split up even those nine, um, or if they give him a little bit more. Who knows? Um, but that's not a whole lot. That's not a whole lot to get going. That's another uh, interesting comment about the uh, offense as well. Basically being asked, you know, when do you choose to speed things up mm. offensively, which K-State will do this year? It's going to be picking and choosing our times. Plus, how are we doing defensively? Can we go super fast and try to get a bunch of plays in, or do we have to scale it back a little bit based on us as a defense trying to slow people down? It, I know that the mindset has been aggressive, but there's not as many plays in a game right now as there were three or four years ago. That's just the natural thing. It's cut back a little bit. For us, we need to elevate it to get it 10 more than what we've been, 12 more than what we've been. But I don't think it'll be ninety plays. Yeah, I mean Texas Tech isn't as fast as what they used to be, and yeah, I was I, I wasn't expecting no ninety plays offensively. I just figured it'd be less huddling. <laughs> That's about it. Yeah, I think it's a good point though that he brings up. I'm sorry. I think it's a very good point though that he brings up. Yes, the tempo is going to be different, but it's not going to be anywhere near where uh, you would see a, a team go no huddle all game. No, the the tempo is going to be a a, a a little faster. If it's not going to be, you know, Texas Tech under Mike Leach. Sure, it's another wrinkle. Yeah, exactly. Mess, you know, keep the defense unbalanced a little bit. Uh, let's go defensively. Just a couple of clips I want to play here. It was mentioned earlier. I. I talked about the depth at corner and how more names have been mentioned, including Jacob Parrish, who played at Olathe North. He's a Kansas kid and a true freshman who's been very competitive during fall camp. He loves to go against Cade and, and Phillip and RJ and Malik and, and battle and compete and, and play fast. And he's understanding what we're doing schematically and just putting those things together from a mental side of it as well as the physical side of it. Now, I don't know how many plays he's going to play based on the two older guys we have and, and as he, he continues to develop. But um, uh, he's a guy that's too talented not to play this year. A true freshman who's too talented not to play this year. Yeah, I'm not going to be Captain Obvious on that one. And then finally, <laughs> uh, the position that might be the biggest concern right now depth-wise. Just because we have some new guys you know, that um, haven't played there a bunch. But we, we have to keep working, guys. Des Purnell is, comes to mind as an, as an example. Sean Robinson is new to our program. You know, Khalid didn't get a chance to play in many games, uh, one game really at linebacker. So, yeah, uh, we're, we're top-heavy with the starters being really good, and now we just have to keep developing depth there. So linebacker position with the uh, biggest concern, but it's not a huge concern. It's, it's a little bit of a concern. That will definitely buff its way out as the season rolls along. When we come back, we're going to have a special guest here on the show. We've had him on many times. He's one of the funniest guys that we've talked to here on the show. Ryan Hyatt is coming on to talk Texas Tech football. We preview the Red Raiders next. Tomorrow on the game, the voice of the Chiefs, Mitch Holtis, will talk to Derek Young from K-State Online, and we will have a preview of the Oklahoma Sooners. Right now, it's time to preview the Texas Tech Red Raiders with the founder of the Raiderland.com. That is our former Powercat Game Day reporter, Ryan Hyatt. Ryan, greatly appreciate your time. Of course, 
there at Jones AT&T Stadium. It's tradition to throw tortillas on the field. Is it now tradition to fully invest into the tortilla slap challenge? Yeah, once again, the rest of the nation about 30 years behind Lubbock, Texas. I'm not surprised <laughs> to see it play out that way. I mean, we've been slapping tortillas around since the early 90s. Uh, we, you know, cornhole, no, it was tortilla hole uh, back in the back in the early 2000s. So, uh, yeah, we'll see see if we can ramp up the uh, the tortilla violence a little bit more. The key is the uh, the key, by the way, the corn tortilla. Mm-hmm. A little bit smaller, but it flies farther than the flour tortilla. If you're ever thinking about tossing a tortilla, that's good to know. Uh, I've never thrown a tortilla in my life, nor have I slapped anybody in the face with a tortilla. I would imagine also, well, the flour tortilla might have more impact on the cheeks, but I, I that's just my guess. Yeah, there's a little more reverberation wraparound effect of that tortilla. They've done a lot of studies at NASA on this. I'll I'll shoot you the link after the show. Uh, please do, Ryan. I've, I'd love to learn more about tortilla slapping. I'm surprised that Texas Tech doesn't have a class yet on the throwing or slapping of the tortillas. Uh, <laughs> head coach, you got a new one. Matt Wells let go after the loss to K-State last year in Lubbock. Joey McGuire is now the guy. He was hired in November. How's he doing so far? Is he any good? Yeah, so far he's saying all the right things. I mean, he hadn't lost a single game yet. Uh, he's undefeated. And I think the fan base is really rallying around it. No, I, you know it's it's all the cliches when you have a coaching change. You say, "Hey, breath of fresh air, different things." But this has been a little bit different. I've been through uh, a lot of these coaching changes here at Texas Tech over the years, and, and this one played out a little different. The timeline allowed him to get in and salvage a recruiting class that normally would not happen in, in coaching changes. Right now, that was positive. It was that odd transition with Sonny Cumbie who went from OC to interim head coach. The last part of the year allowed a good break from the Matt Wells era. It allowed Wells to get his staff in kind of simultaneously, see what was going on. You got a bump from the bowl game win against Mississippi State that was much needed for the fan base. And he struck all the right chords. I mean, he's, he's doing all the right things right now. I, I I enjoy it from a media standpoint. I like him because he's not afraid to discuss things. And he'll, he'll, he'll tell you flat out, you know, this guy's doing this, this guy's doing that. There's not a lot of secretiveness. Now, I'm not saying he's giving away the game plan every week. He's not doing that. But this, there's transparency is an overused term. But I just really like the frankness that he has discussed the program with people, where they are, where they're not, what they need to get better at, and how they're, how, what their plan is to do it. I don't know if you've heard the word up here in Manhattan, but uh, the offense with Colin Klein now as offensive coordinator may be moving a little bit quicker, a little bit faster than the sales pace that it used to be for the last 30 years or so. But, of course, down in Lubbock, we know about how fast that offense has been in the past. As McGuire talked about the pace of offense, if that will change at all? Yeah, I mean, you're, you're, you're still going to be moving fast. I think you're going to go faster than you did with uh, the last two offenses, uh, there with Yost and with, with Cumbie uh, under Matt Wells. You bring in Zach Kitley. He had Bailey Zappi down there at Houston Baptist, took him up to Western Kentucky. They, you know, threw it all over the place. Now, he will morph that offense, but they're going to go fast, and they will still throw. This will be a throw-based offense, but they've stated numerous times they've got to be able to run the ball and run the ball effectively when they need to. So this is not going to be an air raid. This is not going to be – and you'll hear people say air raid and Mike Leach three because Kitley, you know, with – Cliff Kingsbury underneath Kingsbury for a little while. Obviously the tie-in. Now, this is going to be a multi-dimensional offense, but it will try to maximize plays on you. Ryan Hyde, our guest. We preview Texas Tech football here on the game. 
So starting quarterback, that is the uh, really feels like in the Big 12, the only true quarterback battle here in this preseason. But Tyler Shuck, Donovan Smith. I, don't, I know it hasn't been announced yet who it will be, but do you have a prediction? Yeah, I think it's Shuck until it's not Shuck. And they have said, Joe McGuire said, they'll make that announcement after the second scrimmage on Saturday. So I think by Monday we're going to know for sure. They wanted Shuck to win that job outright, I think, in the spring. And it just didn't happen. And that's to Smith's credit that he, you know, is pushing and pushing on this. I think you do a couple of things here. Uh, and, and if it's Smith who's named on money, okay, it's Smith. But I think what you have had this staff do, Shuck's got to make sure – the locker room understands why he is the starter, that it couldn't just be given to him because you got three really popular guys in there in Chuck and Smith and then Baron Morton, who's a year behind Smith. And I'm not I'm not saying it's a fractured locker room. Please don't get me wrong. But I think in some of these situations, the coaches really need that starter at the quarterback position to justify the decision in front of his teammates. And I think that's a little bit of what we've seen the last few weeks. I'm hearing that uh, that Shuck's look very good, that they've all looked good, but Shuck has really looked good in practice. So if it's not Shuck, I'll be a little surprised. Well, the rest of the offense, we know what Texas Tech has at running back, so Roderick Thompson is back, Taj Brooks backing him up. What does wide receiver in the offensive line look like, you think? Uh, line is going to be a work in pro- progress. Uh, they got Cole Spencer from Western Kentucky who was all conference there. He knows this system. Uh, he's dinged up right now. You're working in a lot of newcomers. You lost Dawson Beaton to the NFL. Unfortunately, he just tore up his knee up there at Cleveland. But offensive line is a legitimate concern, and that I think is going to be something all year long that you may see them tinker and move guys around. Uh, wide receiver, you know, Miles Price, I think is a name to look for, and I'm going to shock you here. I hope you're sitting down. I am. Texas Tech has three tight ends two of which are over 6'7 tall. They Ooh. have taken the Iowa State playbook. And I'm telling you right now, Mason Tharp, remember that name. That I think the tight end is really going to become a very integral component in some RPO and some short yardage matchups. And even just, just in regular 20 to 20 formation, look for uh, look for the tech tight ends to have a big impact this year. I can't believe I've said that for the first time in 25 years. Writing down, Mason Tharp, does it have an E at the end? No, he just, uh, you know, I, I don't know what their financial situation. They could only afford uh, just that many letters. Okay. All right. I will make sure to remember that name for uh, this upcoming season. So defensively, it wasn't a secret. Tech definitely had its issues at times for sure. I mean, in the passing game, giving up a, a bunch of uh, passing touchdowns last season. But, I mean, again, it kind of feels like there's a similar theme in the Big 12. There's some strong defensive lines and then, you know, depending on where you look, linebacker and secondary is uh, there's some question marks. But I'll ask you the question: Where are the question marks, and where do you feel like Tech is strong defensively? Um, the question marks are not so much will they be any good. I think they're going to be okay. I think it's going to be who actually wins some of these battles. You got a lot of good position battles up and down. I, I, I will say this: that I think this first year in the transition of the Tim DeRuiter defense, the star of the show may be the defensive scheme. That they are very willing right now to play multiple fronts. Uh, get in even an odd front. They don't mind playing a three-man front. They'll go put five down with a hand on the ground. The name that we keep hearing, and it really started kind of late last year in the spring, Tyree Wilson is the guy on defense. He's your edge guy. He can play boundary field. They will move him around. Please, I'm, I'm not trying to oversell it. I'm just saying they will utilize him the way the Cowboys have used Micah Parsons the last, you know, the last couple of years, the last season where you may see uh, Wilson line up with his hand on the ground one play, then he's back, 
covering out from an outside backer position, and then he's blitzing coming up the A-gap from the middle. He is just really developing into a fantastic defensive player who can who can move all over the field. And I think any more in defense, that's critical. You've got to have guys that look like that because of what the offense is throwing at you. Just the old traditional 3-4 linebackers, and you don't, you don't see middle linebackers like that anymore. They just don't have a job. You mentioned Mason Tharp. Is there a, a young player, maybe a guy that came in via the transfer portal that we need to also keep our eye on this season? You know, they stayed away from the transfer portal for the most part. This was a staff that, and one of the reasons why McGuire is there is because Matt Wells was relying too heavily on grad transfers, you know, guys that have been in another program three or four years, and he got away from the high school kids. So you're not going to see a lot of the grad transfers, other than maybe, you know, like, uh, other than the transfers like Wells there on the offensive line. I don't think those are the guys to look for. I think it's the guys who've been in the program a couple of years that you're looking who's going to have that breakout season. Uh, Loic Fungi, one of the wide receivers. Great, you know, big, strong guy. That's a guy who all of a sudden you could be hearing and mispronouncing his name over and over this year. Those are the examples, I think, as opposed to the transfer. I've been looking at Texas Tech's schedule this morning, and, I mean, good Lord. The first six games of the season, five very well may be against teams in the top 25. And you got, in the non-con, home game against Houston, on the road the next week in Raleigh, North Carolina. That's an incredible non-con schedule for the Red Raiders, but talking swing game, the game that's going to tell us if the Red Raiders are going to have a strong season and maybe have some work to do if there's a loss, what do you think is the swing game on the schedule? Early on, I think you're going to know a lot about Tech after Texas comes to Lubbock. I'm not a big believer in where Texas is going to be compared to uh, the way some people are. Uh, I think they've got some fundamental flaws on that team. That if Texas Tech could win that game, and remember the last time Texas was up here, Texas leading with 3:14 to go, Allen Bowman threw, threw a horns down in the end zone, and then it was all over, and Texas storms back and wins in overtime. I think if you see Texas Tech play Texas either you know within a score or wins that game, that could very well set a tone going forward. You've got both Texas and, and Oklahoma and Lubbock this year to get one of those games would be massive and could be the difference in winning four conference games or five. Ryan Heider guesses we're previewing Texas Tech football, so we'll wrap up with this, Ryan. You look at the schedule, the 12 games there in the regular season, you open up September 30 against Murray State. Have you put in a prediction yet on how the Red Raiders will finish? I have not, uh, but it probably won't change from what I'm thinking right now. I think right now because of depth and some different things going on, this is probably about a 500 team, the way they were last year, about a six-win six team, plus or minus. And that's how I do my picks now. I say you're such and such, and if everything goes great, you get one more win. If it all falls apart, you get one more loss. So I'm going to baseline them at 6-6, six and six, but I will not be shocked if it turns into a seven-win team. If the offensive line doesn't come around, if you have injuries, you could be a, a five-win team. All right, Ryan, that's all I got for you. I greatly appreciate your time previewing Texas Tech 2022 football with us. Again, season starts for the Red Raiders September 3rd against Murray State. The Red Raiders come here on October 1st. Bill Snyder Family Stadium. Thank you, Ryan. Can't wait. You guys be well. There you have it, Ryan Hyatt from theraiderland.com. Also does a little radio hosting down there in West Texas as well. Quick break. When we come back, number one song of the day is next. Saturday morning, jumped out of bed and put on my best suit. Got in my car, raced like a jet. All the way to you. 
pause it. Okay, what is it? Um, hold on. We said in the first hour that Big Steve was going to use this for Do They Know It this week, but he's going to have to change it up because it's our number one song of the day today. So I wanted to quiz these two. And my reading is better you anyway. Um, Close. Yeah, Marry Anyway by a freaking idiot. Not to get out of it. Troy? Um, I'm, it's the do-do-do-do-do. Why, why am I blanking uh, on the name of the group? Basically, you, it's Jonas Brother plus that, isn't it? Am I wrong on that? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Thanks. Do you know the name of the song? Uh, I should, and I don't off the top okay, of my head. Okay, go ahead and play it. Mm-hmm. It's Rude yeah. by Magic. Yeah. Six weeks at number one, went number one in 2014. Yeah. Well, I'm going to tell you who they are. I was thinking MGMT. No. So. Conflating. Uh, I was going to say somebody I kind of care about. They are a reggae fusion band from Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Here's the here's the business right here. A lot of bass. You gotta know the chorus. Uh, they were heavily inspired. A lot of their music is based on like a mix of The Police and Bob Marley. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Three studio albums, and they are, as of right now, still a one-hit wonder. Damn. Who would have ever thought that? You know what I mean? <laughs> From their debut studio album called Don't Kill the Magic. Mm-mm-mm. The story is of a would-be groom who asks his girlfriend's father for her hand in marriage, Rude. The song title was named after the reggae term Rude Boy and originally based on a real-life situation where the lead singer had been in an unhealthy relationship with a previous girlfriend after the two of them got into a fight with each other. The band based the song off of that headline. The couple was, in a quote, meantime... Uh, when they were both being rude to each other. Red. Yeah, red. Why you gotta be so rude? I don't know why. I think this just stinks to high heaven. I don't know why. Uh, it's catchy. It is a little it's catchy. It's a fun song. These guys seem like great people, but I don't, it doesn't matter you anyway. I just shut up. I just. See, I think it's a nice break from the rest of the pop material. Yeah. Kind of like AJR right now. Who's AJR? Steve? Get out. <laughs> your that, your time your in band? radio is done. Is that your band? No, I'm just I'm just playing around. No, they're blowing up pretty heavily right now. You probably know them from the song Bang, where it That's goes it. Bang, 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 here we go. Now blah, 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 blah. Uh, I have no idea. I have really? No, no idea. What's happening right now? Come on. And I can tell you this. I want a 1959 number one right now. This song is popular for weddings, but yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, the song right? is about a Listen guy going the against the wind. I mean, it, it's basically family turmoil. <laughs> Why are you so rude? I'm still gonna marry you, but you're rude. Going against the father's wishes, which is not the first time that's happened. Mm-hmm. It's true. 
I mean, in medieval times, you'd be beheaded. But today, it's just, you know, for a couple Christmases, you're not going to go to your parents' house or her parents' house. We don't like her. I married her anyway. Uh, let's see here. Um, So, here's a fun fact. Olivia Newton-John went four weeks to number one with the song Magic in 1980 when Rude reached peak position 34 years later. Magic became the first word to ever go number one as a title and as a band name. No way. I know. I know. Now, here's a fun game. So, the band Magic became the sixth Canadian band, not artist, band, to have a number one song on the Billboard Hot 100 in the United States. Can you guys name the five other bands? Okay. Bands. Uh, Nickelback. That's one. God. You know, Nickelback and whether or not they're popular, it's like, um, it's one of those, somebody bought them. You know what I'm saying? Somebody bought all those albums. Are they they really, I mean. Yeah, I mean, someone bought a lot of Barry Manilow over the years as well. <laughs> That's true. Um, so you got Nick back. The Carpenters. The Carpenters. No. no. I'd rather listen to Barry Manilow true and the Carpenters. Yeah. Um, I know it's not Rush. I know Rush didn't have a number one. No. Um, Troy, do you have any guesses? God. The specific question? He's on his phone again. He doesn't pay attention. Come on! Okay, so six Canadian bands have a number one hit in the Billboard Hot 100. Magic is one. The Guess Who? Yes. They will be in McCain Auditorium here in a few weeks. What do you know? Nice. They had more than one. Mm -hmm. Um, Some 41. BTO. Blackman oh, Turner Overdrive. Okay. Wait, don't think of them as Canadian, but all right. Uh, Sheriff. Oh, God. I didn't think you guys would get that one. Oh, late, late 80s. Late, oh, late 80s. Dude, um, I was, oh, that's that's high school flashback right there. The last one oh. is uh, Bare Naked Ladies with ah. one week. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, man, you want to go to the Sheriff show with me? They're opening for BTO. <laughs> You know, the sad sure. part about that is that'd be about right. Yeah, it'd be a good uh, yeah. Like, Hell yeah, bro. That's I think, bad. I'd think more like um, Skid Row. Well, <laughs> yes, in terms of in terms of age, yes. But in terms of genre, it would work. Uh, let's see. What else do we have about Magic? Um, let's see here. Base. Magic the Gathering. Now, you may think that Magic was the first Canadian act to top the Hot 100 chart with a reggae-identified track, but that is not true. Before them... You know. Yeah, I mentioned them earlier. Yeah, you, Snow, yeah. Informer, 1993. Informer. Look at that. Man, that guy was cool. Okay, cool might if be being over- cool. I mean, it, it's kind of it's kind of like the Royals ad for the '90s concert coming up this weekend, where they're talking about uh, you know some of the decades best, oh. and it's Vanilla Ice for crying Vanilla out loud. Vanilla Ice, wow. Black Street, um, Spinderella, DJ Spinderella. There's another one though. Um, without salt and pepper, you know, it's like food without salt and pepper. Help me Steve. out. I'm gonna sex you up. Uh, Oh, uh, Color Me Bad. Yes, Color Me Bad will be there as well. 
this was the ninth reggae song to reach number one, and it was the first since 2003 with Sean Paul's Get Busy. Yeah. Boy, that played on Z96.3 about once every two seconds. That song was hot. And this one, single of the year in 2015 at the Juno Awards. Also, Magic won uh, the prize for uh, Breakthrough Group. I'm going to bury you anyway. And yet, they've never been heard from again. Yeah, they broke through a piece of uh, wrapping paper. Essentially. Uh, basically it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. Big Steve, uh, how do you feel about this, DG? you want to just continue on or you want a you quick break? What? I would love to. If you want to do it, let's party like magic. All does. right. So here's what we're going to do, Big Steve. You get us out when we need to get out. You're a professional. You know what to do. It's now time for Ask Us Anything. Best lead singer you ever seen in live in concert. Uh, Benjamin Barnley. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's breaking Benjamin. I just saw him Friday. Not uh, bad. He's not bad, though, right? Boy, best, f- wow. best singer. Best front man Good or Lord. woman. I, I've always I, I've always said that uh, I'm not a big Hailstorm fan, but Lizzie Hale just tears it up. Pipes. And I've seen her a couple of times. I've seen Hailstorm a couple of times. I haven't seen him in a long time. Oh, boy. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's one I could mention that's better. I mean, Elton John was pretty good the last mm-hmm. time I saw him mm-hmm. earlier this year. Adam Durowitz. Ooh, Counting Crows. Yeah. Um, I always thought that, uh, you know who's a heck of a lead singer? Um, the, the guy from, uh, uh, I can't, now I can't think of his name, is from uh, Incubus. The lead singer from Incubus was I have no fantastic. Idea. That guy can sing, man. They just were supposed to have a show at Sandstorm, yeah. but, or Sandstone, but it got a... Uh, it got uh, postponed. Clipped. Esteban? Question is favorite best front man? Yeah. Right? Okay. Easy hands down Chester Bennington, Lincoln Park. Mm-hmm. 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 Why uh, did we know you've that seen live. Something that you've oh, seen that I've live. Seen live. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you never saw him live? No. Oh, I, I I had tickets for the One More Light Tour, and then a month later. Oof. Ouch. Yeah. yeah. Needless to say, I didn't wind up going to see them. Yeah. Um... Gosh, that one's hard. I would have to say Jacoby Shadow. I knew it. I, 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 I figured on, that's where on. I could see Even it. though they're a festival van, he puts on a hell of a yeah. performance. Yeah, that's what he I've really heard. does. Yeah, no, I've heard that um, over and over again that Papa Roach Live is fantastic. Whoa! Okay, go ahead. <laughs> Cut my life into. Sorry. Um, hey, what quote unquote fun activity is not that fun? I had this question, I posed this question to my family, a bunch of families in town this weekend, and my mom said parades. Oh, I, I, I don't like parades either. Ah! Uh, uh, parades got a lot of heat. No, I'm not. Heat. I'm not a parade person either. Oof. Try PA announcing for a 150 plus entry parade. Oh God! Been there, done it. Did it for 15 years. Here you go. Here's Jim McDaniel's insurance in a Corvette. Uh, sounds good. Mm, Throw something along those lines. Okay. Anyway, um, that sounds fun, but isn't. Not fun. Not cool. Um, Esteban. Thanksgiving for me. What? I like eating. You don't like your family. I really, I've got a side of the family that I just absolutely despise, and I feel like the world would be a better Aunt place Nancy, if they were Nancy, Jesus here. this, Jesus wow. that. Oh, hey, ne- tomorrow on the show, uh, Esteban Grande comes back in and calls out his family members. With vengeance. Yeah! Tomorrow on Maury. <laughs> Tomorrow, and Steven doesn't have a job anymore. <laughs> what, is your dad going to fire yeah, you or minute. something? Is your dad going to fire you? Yeah. Is anybody here? Oh, you're going to cuss on the air is what's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. We're not going to go down that road. Um, 
What famous person do you think should not be famous at all? Boy, where do I? I mean, I mean like, right? Start. Yeah, yeah. Let's start with the Kardashians at uh, any point, right uh, there. Vanilla Ice. V. Yeah, right. Okay, that, that works. Uh-huh. I That's mean, a tough question. The Kardashians is pretty good. I, Kato Kalen. Like, everybody like tries to get on like pop stars and all that. I mean, they're famous for a reason. I mean, they at least have yeah. a product, right, to put out there. But we know why the. But the thing is about the Kardashians, though, they were linked to O.J. Simpson, yeah. their old man. I mean, Kato Kalen falls into they that were, one. They uh, were, you know, the Kardashians was already a known name it was before a known Ray name. J. It, it, you know. was, it, was, it was a known name, but for completely different reasons. Uh, mine is Solange Knowles, Beyonce's little sister. Yeah, that's it's, a good one. She's like, yeah. uh, she got that. She's on the coattails of Beyonce, and then she beat up Jay-Z in that elevator. Jackson Mahomes. <laughs> oh! oh, I know he's listening right now, so he's going to be really angry. Hey, is there a sport, no matter the skill level, you do not find impressive at all? You go, good God. I can really respect a skill, mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but you have to give me a second on yeah. that one. We got 30 seconds. Crab, For me, it's the gu- when the guys are doing cross country and then they like, shoot a gun after they've been skiing it's like you're from norway you should be able to do like come on man that's what you guys do in finland like give me a break man hit the deck and shoot a bear in the eyeball right? that's how you that's got how rid you of the nazis I mean, come on. Yeah, you want credit for you? you want a medal all right we gotta go talk to you tomorrow <laughs>